Chadwick. Hey, Jason. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am good. Is that an aquarium set up? No. Yes, but no. There's no fish in it. Just bacteria cycling it. Yeah, you're prepping for fish. Mm -hmm. uh, so I may have done something ridiculous. I may have bought it like over a year, year and a half ago. I may have bought a 75 gallon fish tank uh, with the intentions to set it up. And yeah. I have yet to set it up because I needed to build the stand for it first. Yeah. So I'm finally, finally building the stand. I'm like halfway done with the stand. <laughs> so we'll see. Love it. Howdy, Sean. I remember that that aquarium being where that piano was for a long time behind you. Oh. Yeah, the aquarium box was behind you where that piano is. Oh, the aquarium box. Yes, that is true. Still a mess back there. You got your gated area so your kids don't bother your office? Yeah. You working from home? Uh, mostly, yeah. Love it. How's little baby? Hold on. I'm going to get there. <gasps> Gardener. What? You got hunter and gardener and gatherer. Gatherer. Thank you. Uh, it's Caden and he's doing great. Well, because you're a gardener, Mayor, how's your garden doing? Uh, it's doing well. And we're just jumping into things, aren't we? We're hitting all the points. Before I haven't seen joins. you. I haven't a long seen... time, Jason. There's a yes. lot of catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we talked was winter time. That is true. That is and true. Now it's like 112 degrees outside. That is. And I've got an Aloha shirt on. It is miserably hot. Okay, so the garden's doing good. Uh, <laughs> it. Uh, so I. So when the baby came, uh, Karen's sister came and visited and helped out. So we had about. You said Caden. Two... Caden. Yep. Caden is the baby. Uh, and I had two weeks of a little bit more time, uh, thankfully. And so during those two weeks, I planted in the garden and I have an automated, automated water system. So that's nice. So I was able to plant a bunch of stuff. Are they drippers? Uh, yeah. But I haven't been able to upkeep it so much. Mm. So the, the bugs are a little out of control. The weeds yeah. are way out of control. But we are we harvested a bunch of peas. We Some harvested peas. Uh, a bunch of we've gotten a bunch of zucchini already. Um, it's going to be a good garden. I scaled back a little bit because of the baby, but for the most part, things are growing and healthy. Just a lot of weeds that I got behind on. So oh well. Garden talk. <laughs> What year can we expect some kiwis? Some hardy kiwis? Uh, well, this year? No, I think it's too late already. Uh, next year. That's that's the year. Next right. year. Right. I'm excited for you. Yeah. I, I, my, my, I don't want my wife to be right. She's like, it's going to take the full 10 years. I'm like, I better not. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica joined us this time rather than just like joining us for 30 seconds and then bailing. I know. Sorry. I 
the link was showing where to my text messages and I would, I tried to like send it to myself on my computer so I could log out on my computer and it was just sending me a general link for Zoom. So I had to do something else, but I had figured it out. So <laughs> good job, me. Yay, tech skills. Something like that. Uh, Rachel is in California. She's getting dinner for kids right now. And she said she's going to be late, but she wants me to text her when we really get into movie talk. Where in California is Rachel? She's at her parents' house in San Jose. Yeah. Yep. It was a last second trip on Friday. I was at work and she's like, I'm going to California on Sunday. I'll be back on Sunday. (laughs) All right. Nice. Paul, got any questions for anybody? Um, not that I can think of, but I, I'm sure as soon as somebody else has something important to say that my like interrupting skills <laughs> will turn up to 11 and then I'll have a bunch of annoying questions. And I really am sorry about that. So I know it's a problem. I just don't really like know what to do about it. I'm I glad we're talking about it. I don't think it. it's a problem. Yeah, there's, uh, no, there's no issues. Oh, well, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's been made to seem like a problem. I uh, Hopefully. Yeah, it's no. really a problem that you show interest in other people's lives. <laughs> That's right. How dare you? How dare you validate somebody's world? <laughs> oh, since last we spoke, I got with Cody Marshall. And he is open for an Escape from QHA podcast episode. So I'm going to talk with him in August because his summer is super busy. And Rachel Whitwer Erickson got back with me and she wants to do an Escape from QHA podcast. And she wants uh, Lindsay Havacan to be the, um, the co host. She was really excited about Movie Club when it first started, and she That's just never right. showed up. Tell her to come. Yeah, maybe she should come. What, what, what about what about Will, Jason? Uh, I tempted him with with the Peanut Butter Falcon. He was when he originally picked his uh, first video for the hunt for the Wilder People. People, uh-huh. he was debating Peanut Butter Falcon or that. Oh, okay. And even with that, he still didn't come. Boo. Yeah. He he's so next on the list. It might be a while. Do you want to text him and see if he wants to pick for next month? And that would like cement his uh that, that was our strategy to get you back and it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Chad, now I do have a question. Um, do you have We're like, any any questions that um, okay for the Q hall people that like that you do for everybody, and then you go off on tangents, or do you just like? Do you know I what don't I mean? know. I do know what you mean. I haven't listened to any of those episodes in a long time, and I'm out of practice on those that series. Yeah, it's been like five years since the last one, right? Something. Yes. So no is the answer. We'll just wing it. I think Carrie and Jessica were on the last one when we had four girls on there with uh, Melissa and um, Allery. 
Yeah, it definitely hasn't been five years. It's been yeah. One I feel year. like that was just like a year ago. Yeah, because was wasn't that maybe like a year and a half? Wasn't that the event that kind of got you and Carrie to come on to movie club? It was like a month yeah, or two before you guys probably. started coming. Sounds about right. The I'm thinking of when I was really in the swing of things, epi- like recording episodes. Um, My favorite recurring segment on Escape from Q Hall is when everybody spends way too long trying to figure out who was driving which car and who was sitting where when we went to California or whatever random other trip. And nobody can figure it out because it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, we're thinking of <laughs> those, those memories are gone. Let's see. Groups. Where's all my groups? Escape from Q Hall. I've got too many groups. You got too many podcasts. Oh. Um, Carrie, while I look at this. That's true. Well, yeah. Each podcast has a Facebook group, so that's why. Oh, no. My internet connection is unstable. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Sometimes, but sometimes it's like a robot a little bit. Oh, poo. Uh, Carrie, what kind of scary movies have you been watching? (laughs) Uh, I watched a whole bunch with my sister. Most of them were terrible. Uh, we watched all of the original Rings movies and Grudge movies, and then we watched uh, Sadako versus oh, whatever the Grudge girl's name is. I can't remember. So it was like there's a versus Jason. Yep, it like came a King out. Kong versus a Godzilla. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so the Rings movies, the Grudge movies. Um, what else did we watch this Indonesian movie but they did it in English and they should have done it in Indonesian I felt like if they kept their original language it would have been a lot better it was called The Ritual not to be confused by the very good British horror film called The Ritual Um, nice I watched Faults today, but that wasn't really horror, but it was really good. It's about like a cult deprogrammer, like a washed up cult deprogrammer and had Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. And it was very good. I was impressed with that one. So, oh, and I'm about halfway through Suicide Forest Village. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which has actually been surprisingly oh, no. good for what a crappy name and concept <laughs> it is. Jason, so. this is a new segment where Carrie just watches uh, <laughs> horror movies and then reports on them. What that is, yeah. We're like, what ones. kind of movies do you watch, Carrie? She's like, I just watch horror movies and crappy and, horror films and crochet or crochet or knit or whatever. I don't know. During the horror movies, just something uh, wholesome. Lately, <laughs> lately, I've been doing ceramics through during horror or watercolor, but mostly ceramics these days. That's awesome. Yeah, I keep meaning to write down all the horror films so I can just like lift them off for the podcast. <laughs> I keep forgetting. And plus I watched too many. So it would be like half the podcast and <laughs> me listing off the movies. So, yep. But those are the main, the main ones. 
Um, love it. The other segment that we've been missing for the last several months is a Clint's Reptiles Roundup. Oh, geez. What's going on, Jason? How's business? Good. It's doing fine. <laughs> uh, we have 441,000 and change uh, subscribers. So that's yeah. fun. That's all. Are you going to get in front of the camera? No. Mm. Well, I'm going to start the petition on change.org. Oh, yeah, that'll go somewhere. See, <laughs> it, it might with 400,000 subscribers. They don't care about me. <laughs> they don't care oh. about you yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't care because they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with them not caring. <laughs> So I'm looking and we did an Anthony part two episode of escape from Q hall back in May of 2015. And then we did another one in November of no, that was when I moved it to Dropbox. It's very confusing because we've changed platforms several times and the dates are, have changed each time too. And then a bunch of plugs for the movie club on the escape from Q hall podcast page which is kind of bleeding over i need to keep it pure and then the jessica carrie mallory and melissa episode was april of 2021 great anthony oh someone's talking jessica were you talking oh i saw lips moving i was just saying that's crazy that it's been that long. Anthony, how are you? Hi, I'm well. Thank you. How are you, Chad? And everyone. Good. Um, so Rachel's coming back Sunday. And then it sounds like I'm going to be taking four boys and leaving Henry at home and going up to Utah to Brigham city next Monday and then coming back on Friday. And so on one of those days, or maybe two head down to the salt Lake. And I don't know, you guys want to go see Thor in the theater? Have you seen it before or did you see it yet? Anybody seen it? Jessica? Is it good? It's, I wouldn't say it's as good as the last one, which I thought was really stellar, but it is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's going to be a hard ask to be better than Ragnarok. Yeah. It was was just such a change of direction from both Marvel movies in general and the Thor series in particular. So keeping so much of the creative team is gonna it's not just gonna be like as revelatory because it's like I go with TV for the second time yeah yeah so it's pretty funny it's got some good jokes it was good to see Natalie Portman back um I don't know we can talk about it after you guys have seen it because I do have some thoughts but they're spoilery thoughts so. I would say Natalie Portman has been a Hollywood crush for a long time. Some other prominent Hollywood crushes are 
let's see. Oh, Emily Blunt. Is this a new segment? Yep. <laughs> Emily Blunt. Of course, ScarJo. As a segment where sometime, I, I don't know how much like advanced notice everyone needs, but everybody has to like name at least three Hollywood crushes. Like You can't do it on the fly? Like individual Why? brackets, kind of. Oh, we should have a bracket. I don't know about what, no. but the competition. Jason, can you name two or three Hollywood crushes? No, I can't. What? I can't. Jessica, do you got any on hand? Do I? Let's hear it. Am I limited to Hollywood? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I guess you can do like so it Pinewood. It could be Hollywood or it could be Pinewood Studios or it could be Bollywood. So those three. Do you know that Pinewood Studios is, well, the American version is like 10 miles from where I live. There's an American version? What is Pinewood Studios? Pinewood it's is an... the studio in the UK that did all the Harry Potter stuff, right? Yeah. But they have an American outpost, which is where most of the Marvel stuff films now. It's outside so, of okay. So Hollywood, America, UK acting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why we have and Atlanta specific. and and Bollywood evidently and Bollywood <laughs> Jessica come on three oh, I don't know it's been I'm gonna be honest it's been a really long time since I thought about like Hollywood crushes what well a I big one you... for me used to be Clive Owen but he's kind of not working that much these days and he's aged quite a bit so I'll name I'll name some and you say uh uh what's the game that I used to play Oh shoot! It was like a yes or no type thing. Uh, man. Oh, love or hate. Love or hate's a fun okay. game. Sam Rockwell, Hollywood hate. crush. Uh, hate as a crush. Hate as an actor. Uh, what? Martin Freeman. Hate. Same thing, basically. Wait, who's Martin Freeman? Is he's Bilbo. Bilbo, right? Yeah, come on, as a crush, hey. What's what? But I'm learning. Oh, oh yeah, like any of like the obvious ones first. Yeah, you're like, let's find some like. A, yeah, no, I'm naming my like, Hollywood really crushes. Choices, and I'm learning a lot about you personally, Chad, based on your reaction to my reaction. What about? Oh, who was it that played? Um, well, I want to know. Jessica was like, "Does it have to be Hollywood? Where yeah. would you, where were you going to take this?" <laughs> yeah, let's just, go on just rich on like coworkers and stuff, right? <laughs> no, I'm just like famous people. I'm like, if I'm being totally honest, Beyonce is one of my top. <laughs> yeah, Beyonce is great. She's great. Anthony, you're on mute. You got to get she's, off of that. She's been in lots of movies, so yeah. Like, I would consider her like an actor first, right? Yeah, it's like in Gold like Member, she's something she does when she's bored. But she's definitely a performer, and like her music, like True. her music videos are very much their own sort of cinematic right. thing. Okay, is that the end of your list, Chad? Martin Freeman and oh, you, you, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, that's, I've got I've good. got more. How about uh, David Tennant? If you had asked me like fifteen years ago, love. What? Taste changes over time, you know. What about Michael Sheen? 
Hate. Oh, Carrie's reaction on Carrie that one. was like, Whoa. but I do love. <laughs> why are we just saying like Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt? Like, come on, like, like just start I and like work your way down. I'm naming my own okay. crushes, Anthony. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, like, like we could like, name some like obvious like. I did see some Ryan Gosling. Oh wait, I'll name two more. Margot Robbie on the Barbie set with like platinum hair that looked exciting and neon clothes mm -hmm. yeah name some sorry you got any I'll name two more and then we can be done with this um okay. <laughs> please, <laughs> please. I, I regret like taking this in this direction uh javier Bardem, matthew uh -huh. McFadden. who matthew McFadden. uh no i think he's been on succession most recently mi5 Carrie knows who he is. Prejudice. Carrie knows. I know. Little Dorrit. Wait, so I missed the context of this whole listing actors with you because I was dealing with. Kids. I don't remember. I don't remember Carrie. Hollywood crushes. <laughs> oh yeah. Hayden was Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. No, it started with. It was good to see Natalie Portman back in Thor Thor oh. Four, and Natalie Portman was my Hollywood crush, and that's what triggered it. So and then we were going to do brackets for yeah. each of us. <laughs> yes. And nobody brackets. was brave enough to start listing people except me. So <laughs> does Sean list anybody? <laughs> I'm not thrilled about this whole segment. <laughs> Jason and Sean are out. <laughs> I think this is great. Let's explore this deeper. I had to look up like half of these people you guys have been saying. I don't know actors. So you were saying Michael Sheen is not one of your celebrity crushes. Not, that is what I'm saying. Not, not that he's I don't not like a good actor. As an actor. I think he's an amazing actor. Okay. Okay. I take back my reaction then. Okay. I missed the context <laughs> of it. Michael Sheen is great. I knew if you understood, would be honest. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to... Well, we've got one from you, though. Maybe, I'm not sure if... Maybe three, Sam Rockwell, Martin Freeman, and Natalie Portman is what we've got from you, Chet. No, Natalie Portman, Emily Blunt, oh, yeah. Sam Scarja, and Sam Rockwell. Um, David Tennant. Yeah. I have an interesting taste in that. <laughs> 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 if if it was going to be from the Chris's from the Marvel universe, it would be Chris Evans is better than a uh, Chris Hemsworth or a Chris Pine or a Chris. How about everybody goes around and one? names their favorite Chris? Yeah, who's your favorite Chris? What's the one from Guardians? Chris um Pratt. Chris Pratt. Pratt. There you got four Chris's to choose from. Paul, you got one? Excuse me. Um, are you asking which of the four men I am most attracted to? Just which uh, one do you like the most? Not necessarily in a romantic We're attracted course. to, whatever you're... Um, I, think, I think Chris Pratt I'm probably most familiar with, but I like him um, as Andy, and I really like him when he was like in 
her for five seconds i thought like he he was so good in that i love don't that didn't you think so like like when uh-huh. he was like like i thought he when, was good in Moneyball too yeah I'm yeah but, but by then he's like starting to look like buff and like oh okay, a little bit be, like you're I gonna be like a, a doughy chris pratt but i just i just thought like um there was the scene where joaquin phoenix like introduces like you know i'm i'm dating an operating system and i remember like chris pratt like the fact that he didn't like study like stutter step or anything then for the rest of the movie i was like okay so i don't have to either it's okay that joaquin phoenix is dating a robot who is connected to all of these millions of people sounds good and so i feel like um i guess i'm gonna go chris pratt but i'm gonna go pre um visible abdominals chris pratt <laughs> pre marvel yeah yeah, yeah. pre guardians of the galaxy chris pratt is your preferred chris jason uh is chris hemsworth in anything i can't even think of anything else he's in other than marvel yeah you don't just just think of him with his long hair Uh, it's it's, he's dreamy i'll give you that i just don't know about his acting outside of marvel he had a bit part in like the first star trek movie he was a secretary in in gold in ghostbusters oh he was in the men in black reboot in a Michael Mann movie that nobody saw. I'm going to go with Chris Pine then. I appreciate that. I, I saw a video with him in it and he's letting his, his gray hair show. And I appreciated that. He had a big beard and letting the gray hair show. I'm getting some grays over here. Very distinguished. Ooh, that should also be a segment somehow. How are we, <laughs> like, how are we aging? You That's know? right. <laughs> I'm falling okay. apart. Well, I as so, each other's appearance is that what you're saying? Like, well, no, that? I think I think it should only be like self-inflicted, kind of more like self-deprecating. I remember, um, like there was a Conan interview where he was talking about how, um, like, adult acne and like balding were happening simultaneously for him, and I was like, oh yeah, these are these are kind of the strange things where I find myself like both like taking care of white heads and black heads and also being like and my hair is falling out and i have gray hair and like there seems to be kind of a uh ma- not full-blown like mass exodus but like kind of a movement towards like where the hair is instead of <laughs> you know, just like the well, migration just, yeah like a migration <laughs> of sorts and and it's kind of become a talking point for the um we, we have a family of exhibitionists and then we also have like four people who have very similar bodies um so they kind of are naked all at the same time and um so there's lots of discussions about hey dad like your body's gross i'm like i know right like, <laughs> this is like your future you just realize no but that's what, that's what i keep saying i'm like and it wasn't always so strap in kids like, <laughs> so it's good times my twin brother sent me a close-up of his face, like right here, um, pointing out that he had liver spots developing. And he was asking me as his twin, if I had started developing liver spots and age spots too. So yeah. I sent him a picture and I don't know if they're liver spots or just freckles because I have freckles too, but maybe Sean knows. I have no idea. I don't, you don't think know. you have liver spots. <laughs> okay. And if you do, you don't need to worry about it. Okay. 
since I don't think I can age since I've had the same haircut for 20 years. You're timeless. Yeah, it's a timeless. You look back at pictures and like, was I older 10 years ago? <laughs> you are Steve Martin. <laughs> That's right. Just but with the opposite. <laughs> Instead of white hair for 50 years, it's no hair. Well, yeah, he's just been 50 for the last 50 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was 50 at 26 and he's 50 at 86. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, are we still going around? Sean, who's your Chris? We've got I don't to finish really this. like the superhero movies, so I'm trying to think of what I've seen them outside of those. Which one was the one that was in Knives Out? Because I liked his role. Chris Evans. That was Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Okay, I'll choose yeah. Chris Evans, but I really don't have strong opinions about Chris's. Yeah, good choice. Jessica? I think I'm a Chris Pine fan, most of all. But I don't really have super strong feelings against any of them. I like them all. Anthony? I want Chris Pine to be my answer, but I actually think he's third. And it's close between Hemsworth and Evans. And I think Evans takes it. <laughs> so here's the thing, Anthony. You determine who's first. <laughs> you want Chris Pine to be first. <laughs> I, I agree with Anthony, so there's no I'm on board with that answer. I've just I I've listened to a lot of people's appreciation of Chris Pine, both as an actor and as an attractive man. And so I feel like I should be able to rank him first. You're but, pushed that way. Yeah, by by the voice of others, but the draw just hasn't been there for me. You're not drawn to him. Oh, did we do Carrie? Oh, Anthony said, okay, sorry. (laughs) I don't know. That's a tough one. I feel like I've got a soft spot in my heart for different eras of each actor. Like I grew up loving Chris Pine in Princess Diaries 2. I loved Andy Dwyer, Chris Pratt, although I did like him in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because he's still kind of Andy Dwyer-ish. Um, I didn't like Chris Evans until I saw him in, what was it? Like the the loss of the teardrop diamond or something like that. Yeah, he was a real DB for most of his acting career because he was like the jock preppy type yeah like, like i've bully. seen him in like fantastic four and he was just ridiculous like i did not like him at all until i saw him in that and then he's been really good in the marvel movies and knives out so he is great i didn't care much for chris hemsworth until uh thor ragnarok and then he was just fantastic in it so is that all of them? Did I cover all of them? No, you can't just say you like them all. You have to pick. I like ones. them all at like different time periods. Yeah, but that's not the question. Um, I mean, like the person I would want to hang out with the most. Yeah, sure. You decide. I don't know. I saw an interview with Chris Evans with his brother, and he just seemed adorable with him. So probably Chris Evans. Yay, Paul! Did you already say? Um, yeah, I'd like you Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, and um, and I'd probably just like to be the 
Aubrey Plaza to to that uh, relationship, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if that's if that's an option. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for preamble. Are we ready to get into it? Yes. Any other segments that we need to cover before we get into the movie? The 25th movie of Movie Club? 25. Holy cow. All right. That's you, Jason. Uh, I think you just go over the summary. No, let's watch the trailer and then you go over the, the um, plot. Oh, crap. Okay. Um, and I'm loving having Jason back driving and like presenting so I don't have to like share the screen. <laughs> this is great. Where'd it go? I need to share sound. I forgot to share sound. Uh, but first off, there's my baby. Wow. He's a cutie. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. There's sheep in this world and there are wolves in this world. I know that you two boys are just two weary travelers who lost your way. So, we're going to clean you up right with a baptism. I'm more of a baptism by fire type. Okay. Come to my wrestling school and become a badass. That's what he wants to do with the rest of his life. Yes, it is. You let a half-naked boy with Down syndrome who has no idea how to get along in this world just slip out from under your nose. You two are close. We are. Well, then you'll figure out where he's at and you'll bring him back. Are you following me? Maybe we could be friends and buddies, bro dogs, and chill. Have a good time. So the wrestling school is made? Yeah. One long road leads all the way down. I'll drop you there then. I'm looking for a missing person. Have you seen him? A little man on a lamb. Make your girlfriend back there, Eleanor. Two bandits on the run. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. Hey, what's rule number one? Party. No, not party. Back. you have a young boy with Down syndrome in the middle of nowhere. All right, well, while you've been doing paperwork, we've been doing something called living. Oh, man. Tyler, I'm going to give you all of my wishes for my birthday. I made a promise to him, give him that wrestling school in Aiden. No, we're not going to hop on your yeah. little raft and cruise around down the river. It's, hey, Eleanor, I don't want to go home. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So how far is it? About that far on the map. Or your fingers to scale. Yep. I think it's time for us to go back now. We could be a family. Friends are the family you choose. Wrestlers got alter egos. You need a name. Falcon. Peter Butter Falcon! Okay. Hey, bud. Hey. Hey. Hey, can you go upstairs? 
Okay, bye. <laughs>
And how did you hear about it? How'd you um, choose it? I don't know, actually. I think did you watch asked... the trailer? Uh, Have you seen the trailer? I saw the trailer right before I watched it. Um, but I had heard I had heard it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I had heard that it was interesting and not a lot of people have heard about it or what or seen it or whatever. And uh, I knew about the controversy about Shia LaBeouf. So I'm like, well, that sounds like fodder for movie club. So that's why I picked it. This was the Shia Renaissance comeback. Is that right? I don't know. It seems like this one and his Honey Boy movie was about the same time and they were both positively received i feel like i didn't see either of those but i saw this one yeah that he abuses his controversy was shia the one that fk twigs spoke out against okay i'm putting this together and he was on Even Stevens. Yes. He was great on Even Stevens. I remember that. Sia also talked about him. That's too bad. Um, did you take notes? Of course I did. Great. So we'll go around and then we'll finish with your notes. How's that sound, everybody? <clears throat> Um, anybody want to volunteer? We've got a full house. Welcome, Rachel. <gasps> Tell Karen to bring that baby over. Jason. Baby. Jason. Karen. Care Bear. Don't talk about something serious, but we still need to see the baby. He's taking his headphones out. There we go. So cute. <laughs> oh man, look how blonde that little baby is. That's great. But we need to do the Mufasa yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 There he is. There you go. There he is. Can you stand up, bud? That's a high quality baby. Look, look at them. Look at them. <laughs> Whoa. Put your other foot down. Whoa. <laughs> Definitely got that. Like, I don't know how many months he is, but he's got that. Like, like so I want to see anything like really big. <laughs> yeah. He turns four months in a few days. He's huge. Yeah. He's, he's ginormous compared to Hunter. He's like already in like six month clothes and stuff. It's ridiculous. See, we knew that you could do a podcast and hold a baby at the same time. Yeah. All right. Uh, anybody want to volunteer to go on their thoughts of the movie and then we'll circle? Who's first? How was it received by everybody? Did it, everyone like thumbs up or thumbs middle or thumbs down? Oh, Anthony's in middle. Sean's in middle. Jessica, what are you? I don't know yet because I haven't finished it. 
But I'm going to give a thumbs up. I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, well, that was fine. Four stars out of five. It's a positive. It's better than uh, Piccadilly Jam. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, Sean, you're up first since you're on oh, no. next to me on the screen. Okay. I, I feel like I really don't have a whole lot to say about this movie. I, I thought it was fine. It was good. Um, I just don't know that it's like a movie that was made for me. I could see how somebody who likes this kind of movie would really like this movie. So I don't feel like there are a lot of things I can point out that like I actively disliked about it. It just kind of wasn't for me. But um, I'm trying to think like what my favorite parts were. I, I liked that they had somebody with Down syndrome playing the character with Down syndrome it kind of cuts both ways. I feel like there are certain parts where you can tell that they were just trying to get him to say the words and he wasn't really acting, but the points where he's really genuine, I think really, really work. And so I think overall, even though, you know, there are some negatives to it, I think it, I think it was good having him in that role. And I liked him a lot. Um, yeah. I got the feeling that the Zach and uh, um, <clears throat> Shia like really got along and yeah. I can see them like being really good friends offset and still friends to this day type of relationship. Yeah, totally. It seems like, you know, to get um, Zach to have the reactions that he had, they almost had to like genuinely make those things happen. You know, they had to have Shia LaBeouf really working with him and, you know, comfortable with him and, uh, you know, have them be friends, I think to make it work so um i did like that i'm trying to think what else um i liked that the um the first rule is party which apparently was an improvised line um there isn't a whole lot of imdb trivia i know that's kind of like my one thing that i contribute that's like right the deep reading, dives reading but reading the list and then listing off facts but there was that and then the other thing you put in the work sean <laughs> yeah i read the five things on imdb trivia it's more than um, we did <laughs> the one other thing that was on there um was i guess originally in the ending they didn't cut to the back seat with shia labeouf in there which kind of implied that he did die but um people didn't like it i guess so they oh. <laughs> they put that that shot back in so it doesn't make any sense why Shia's eye would be all bruised and bulging if he got a tire iron to the back of the head. You assume that he only got hit once. Well, once and your brain is spilled. There's no more hitting. I don't know. Um, I really do like the actor that plays the guy that hit him with the tire iron, John Hawks. He's Go been on. in a couple movies that I like, so I was happy to see him, even though he was just like a generic redneck bad guy in this one. So I don't know. That's kind of all I have. Maybe if other people say things that get me thinking, I'll uh, chime back in. But Sounds good. We're going to go to Paul, and then Anthony, and then Jessica, then Carrie, then Rachel, and then me. And then Jason, because that's how it is on my screen. Okay, so, well, Paul, yeah. 
Uh, what's the name of the what's the name of the bad guy? I know there are two bad guys, but really there's only there's one Cletus. Is, one is exponentially scarier than the other, right? That's right. Yeah. That's the one played by John Hawks. Okay, yeah. You mean Rat Boy? Like <laughs> I I feel like he I I've seen him in a couple of things too. And like everything I've seen him in, I'm like, geez, like you sell that you're the good guy. You sell that you're the bad guy. You sell that you're the complicated guy. And so I was, I was really taken by his character. Um, and then I think one of the first movies that we ever watched was midnight in Paris. Does that seem right? Yeah. I don't know if it was the first, but I think, oh, was I one. think that was the second. Okay. Um, yeah. The first one was knives out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I was thinking about, so a controversy, a controversy around Woody Allen um, and then a controversy around Shia LaBeouf kind of has like tonally a similar thing where, you know, there are these people who want to separate the art from the person. And they're also saying, but, and, and it's really interesting that we talked about our celebrity crushes because we're essentially kind of saying like, who do I think in their movies really is like how they are in their movies, which is a super interesting thing to unpack. But then, um, so I, I had read a bunch of the stuff about Shia LaBeouf before I was watching this. And then I was like, all right, like, am I going to be able to like, can I get into a movie that's like that? Like where the, the actor, the, the things that he's done or has been accused of doing are, are very like hard for me to, to make sense of. And I guess what I will say, and then if more information about Shia LaBeouf comes up in the next five years, and then if this podcast, which is highly sought after and listened to by millions. <laughs> it's going to get famous. Uh, and like, it's going to dox us all. Yeah. If this is the reason why I get fired from my job or whatever, but I will say that as I was watching the movie, I kept thinking that Shia LaBeouf felt like a Marlon Brando to me, like where he was like this visceral, like, like whatever he was acting with seemed very real and very nuanced. And then suddenly I was in the story, even though um, I also kept seeing this very complicated um, actor, but then I was also like, Oh, but he is a complicated character in the movie. And so like, is it, is it all becoming this meta moment for me? Um, and I was reminded of the movie Mud a couple of times, but I also thought like Mud was the 2.0 of this, where the, the friendship in Mud just is some of my favorite dialogue of all time. And um, moving toward another celebrity crush of Matthew McConaughey and his shirtless wonder. Um, Oh yeah, Rachel, you missed out. We we had four Chris's that we were supposed to choose from. <clears throat> Chris Pine, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Pratt. And everyone chose a Chris. Yeah, you got like a, a oh sorry. Oh Rachel just needs to choose a Chris while we while we're here. <laughs> yeah. Um and then I I guess I felt some some of the moments in the movie where I felt like I was oh, now I'm watching a movie instead of I'm being enveloped by this thing and it, it feels so real is when the um, 
the romantic interest, quote unquote, like she kept making these super unprofessional decisions that would get her fired. Like, you know, going to lose your license to do any of these things ever again. I was like, oh, like, I don't see somebody in that world making these decisions unless they're like thinking in 30 years when they make a Netflix documentary about me and I'm in prison that like I will be famous in that kind of future. So um, I kept I, I couldn't unsee that. And it kind of took me out of the movie, I guess, because I was like, I get it. You want this relationship to work, but everything in one's training, like in my experience, that that part didn't smell very real. And then um, I loved that Shia LaBeouf doesn't change his shirt the whole time. Cause I think if they were really trying to sell him as like this sexy leading man, we want you to think about this kind of relationship. Then he, then there's some scene where he's washing and he's, and he goes to um, Goodwill and he buys some clothes and he brushes his teeth and instead, or maybe shaves and he cleans up and there's like a, she's all that moment. Yeah. But instead, like as he's, um, handcuffing somebody to a jacked up car your i was thinking about like that's a hairy old kiss and it probably tastes like fish and peanut butter and And cigarettes and cigarette and i was like that's kind of a cool move on the part of the creators and then i thought it was cool that it was written by a a zach and a tyler when a zach and a tyler were the the main characters and i was very taken to with that um that buddy I, I, a buddy comedy I, i'm a sucker for for buddy comedies and i, I mm-hmm. because just give me a couple people that i care about for 90 minutes and i'll follow you down that rabbit hole and so those are some of the things i thought were really interesting love it anthony got any thoughts yeah. i'm gonna interrupt before anthony starts yeah. So I, um, if Will doesn't show up for the next movie club, then Anthony's next in line to choose. So um, just make sure you have your list going in your head. Short list. Um, yeah, my, I was thinking oh, a lot of the same things that Paul was thinking uh, in about separating Shia LaBeouf from Tyler. I've seen a number of interviews with Shia LaBeouf and he kind of plays, I mean, and kind of, I think part of your point, Paul, was that celebrities, you know, when they do interviews and even when they're like hot by by paparazzi, you can tell which of those photos they actually called someone and said, Hey, we're going to be going on a walk this morning. We look really good. If you want to send someone to take pictures, like, and I I've even seen like some articles where they like, um, where they do analysis of like, it's obvious that there's no coffee in the coffee cup that they're holding because they're trying (laughs) to like appear so normal and stuff. Um, uh yeah so so celebrities know that they're performing all of the time um and and so i yeah i wonder um 
what kind of life Shia LaBeouf has. He definitely seems like a, a disturbed person, um, which doesn't excuse his behaviors. Uh, you know, I think someone can can care deeply about people and do horrible things. Um, and on the interview, he seems a lot like his character in this show in this show, like when I've, when I've watched interviews with him, um, I don't know how much it's affected or not, but he puts on this sort of like voice of like a working class type of person, even though he's been an actor since he was a really young person. Um, and so when I see him crying, like in a scene, because Zach, says he wants to give him all of his birthday wishes or or he thinks he's a good you know that he's a good guy i i imagine that the reason he's able to act those scenes so well is because he probably does have a lot of internal conflict about how he feels about himself and um from what i've heard from like brain science stuff when you act something your brain, like on a physical level, doesn't tell the difference between like uh, smiling or crying because of a scene uh, and smiling or crying because of a real life event. Like your brain's doing a lot of the same, a lot of the same work. Um, and so it leaves me in this place where I kind of don't know how to feel about a lot of the movie. Uh, because a lot of the scenes are really touching. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think about a real life. You know, you guys were talking about like the realism like goes out the window after he gets his head hit. And I'm just thinking like, you, you know, the guy that's setting fire to other working class people who don't seem that well off either. Like, so like they're, to, I'll wave in you now. Um, you see that baby there? See? <laughs> That's a little baby, huh? We're the ones that are talking right now, so they can all hear you. You can say whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, you know, only eating peanut butter, um, on, only having peanut butter to, to to feed this kid and, you know, fish one time and not saying, hey, no, we got to make sure your, you got to make sure your needs are being, your physical needs are being met. Like kicking him in the sun all day without sunscreen. Sunscreen. Like, like, uh, like there's some like not just because like the ship almost runs him over like on a lot of levels there's so much like real endangerment that's happening um and yeah like similarly to what paul said i i could maybe believe dakota johnson's character eleanor a little bit more if um if we were given more of her story like to know like that she you know that she wants to run away too deep down like that there's something 
but the only speak that we get into her life is that conversation that they have about um, her holding the hands of people that are dying. And, uh, no, and her like smiling, laughing about being a widow, which was really um, weird. Right, right, right. And like a flirty way, she's like, "No, I'm a widow." Like, what? That's gross. <laughs> um, I guess I meant about. I hope Jason has a note that. about that. Oh. Yeah. But um, a weird way, I actually, kind of like that scene, like where, how, <laughs> like where how fast he's like, she's like, "That's a J or whatever." He's like, "Okay, what's that J?" Like, I actually thought that was really well done. Some of the individual lines I thought were really good as. Because you, you normally wouldn't think to like write a line like that in there. And, you know, like, what's the T for? Oh, okay, fine. What's the J for? Just whether that was from the actors or from the script, like that kind of stuff really. And there's a few other times where there's dialogue like that, um, that did bring, yeah, just was much more true to life than people are normally able to accomplish. Um, but yeah, so I left just feeling really conflicted about it because like, yeah, I mean, she would have lost her license. Um, someone was saying something about like him living in old folks home. We don't have like, um, long-term hospitals in the United States anymore. We only have short-term hospitals where if someone's in crisis, like they can be sent to a hospital and we have prisons. Um, and we have halfway houses if you're coming out of prison, but we don't have, uh, so the only other thing we have is nursing homes. And I've, you know, I've been at service projects or so my oldest daughter has done. Um, yeah, great point, Jessica. Um, if you've driven in, in some of those parts of the country, uh, yeah, you can, there's not, I mean, that happens in all, all around the country, right? Like types of social services that are available um, are, and there's not always a lot, but I mean, just down the street from us, my daughter Zoe went and they performed their ballet performance for the people that live at this nursing home that's closest to us. And there was a handful of people who were in their twenties and thirties that lived there because there's no one else to take care of them. So that sounded maybe more negative than my overall experience of the film was. But um, also, I loved the I loved the parts that were most in, improvised, and I even liked the parts where where Zach was struggling to come up with the lines. Um, because those parts felt like like a person with Down syndrome had had a say in what the movie was. Um, and, and I don't know um, I don't know how you how you do that with this particular disability, but um, I would you know, a lot of times a movie like this, and I don't know the extent to which this movie did this or not. But part of the reason that the person with a disability is in the movie is so that you feel good about the other character because of how kind they are to the person with a disability. Um, and 
this while the person well zach's character gets to do what he wanted from from the beginning like i wonder if he gets to experience development in the same kind of way that the other characters do or or not um and yeah i just worry about there being like a potentially like othering gaze that the that the film is asking us to see his character with him. I'm, 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 I haven't come down with an answer to that question, but I wasn't always necessarily comfortable with the movie on that front either. I thought it was super interesting that like John Hawks and Bruce Stern are very like in the movie for like these really uh, short parts. Yeah. Thomas um, Hayden church was in there. Yeah, in Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, yeah, I meant to say his name too. Um, anyway, it sounded more negative than my experience of the film was, but it just left me with a lot of, I guess, ambivalence, which is why I did like the shaky, shaky hand. Shaky middle of the not thumbs up, not thumbs down. Nope, sounds good. Um, Jessica, how far did you get? think a little past halfway and I did intend to finish it. I gave myself enough time, but I started it tonight and Maggie's sick. So I've just no. been like, with her. I know. Um, but she's finally asleep. And then I had to come downstairs and talk to you. I got to come downstairs and talk to you guys. Thank um, you. You make it, you make the episode, Jessica, make it or break it. I don't. Um, but thank you for saying that. Um, what did I think about it? I I mean, I can't form a strong opinion because obviously I haven't finished it and I haven't seen the end. Um, I feel a lot of what you just talked about, Anthony, with how, like, how do you make a movie like this about a person with Down, Down syndrome with a person with Down syndrome while giving them a say without making it feel ex exploitative, exploitative or actually being exploitative? So I'm not sure where I... I don't know. I haven't read much about the filming process and and kind of how they took that into account. I did like, I do feel like Shia LaBeouf and that actor who's playing Zach have really good chemistry. Like I really love watching- His name movie. is Zach. His Zach, name is Zach right? in real life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I appreciated that. And um, somebody pointed out that on some level that's probably real, right? Because in order to get the reactions from Zach, um, perhaps Shia had to form a real relationship with him. So I don't know. Um, I got strong, oh brother, where art thou vibes? Just cause you're like in the Southeast, you're kind of on a voyage. The music and too. The music too, the music I really loved. Um, and they even come, when they come to the guy's house who baptizes them, they come to this blind seer. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're on their journey, their odyssey. Yeah, they're their own little odyssey. And he even talks about them as wearing fleeces, you know, like Odysseus and his people do yeah. when they're sneaking into, is it Polyphemus? I can't remember the Cyclops. 
don't know. Name, but they're like sneaking in and they disguise themselves. So I thought that was a good reference. Um, the one other thing I'll say since Paul brought it up is this idea of like separating the art from the artist. I, I have an easier time doing that with someone like Shia LaBeouf because I know that he's an actor in this, like he didn't write this content with someone like Woody Allen, for example, since he's the other person that you mentioned. I have a much harder time doing that because of how autobiographical his work is. So I know that I'm watching his feelings brought to the screen, right? And I don't, I don't, I mean, I love Midnight in Paris when I watched it the first time and I still love it, but I don't know that I'll ever watch it again just because of who it came from. But I think that's the dividing line for me is, is this person representing themselves on the screen versus just representing a character that someone else wrote. So I don't know, it's not as cut and dry as that, but it didn't, just knowing what we know about Shia LaBeouf did not really interfere with my experience of this movie so far. Who knows, that might change, but um, I'd say I'm like a middling leaning towards thumbs up so far, so. Yay. Did you like when the blind guy shot him, like shot at them? Like I laughed. I know, like I laughed so hard at that point. He's like, are you guys black or you guys white? And they're just like, quiet. He's like, like, I knew you were, I can smell you fools. Like, it was so, like I love that part. Like, like he's just willing to kill him, you know? Like, yeah. Gotta protect his family, you know? Yeah, oh my gosh. The other thing I'll say is that I, I graduated from high school in North Carolina and we lived there for a while. And I do feel like Shia LaBeouf really nailed a certain type of like, I don't know how to describe it, but like down home working class, specifically North Carolina person. Like I have known so many people like that. So I was getting lots of weird deja vu while watching it too, but not unpleasant, just just weird like people i hadn't thought about in a really long time so nice from what i've heard in interviews with him he like i don't know i don't remember if he goes method but he goes and hangs out with like the type of people he's going to be portraying like he goes yeah and like make sure that he has like the respect of the type of people that he'll be portraying so mm -hmm. i believe it i think it comes across in this and I think the thing that was most visceral for me is like specifically the way that he talks to and interacts with Eleanor, just kind of the, the way that he banters with her that is deeply realistic. And I thought <laughs> and it was off-putting. I did not think it was like charming I'm, at all. Yeah, I'm not saying it's charming, but it is very realistic. Oh, I, yeah, I could see like some white trash creep from North Carolina. And it's hit, not even hit, always hitting on some college girl. And it's... then she falls in love with them. Get out of here. Gross. No yeah, they so, love each other. It's true love. Love is love, Chad. Love is love. We stand a legend. All right, Carrie, you're up. Okay. Um, well, to start out with, uh, to start out with, I have an older brother with disabilities that's very similar to Down syndrome. And so movies like this, where it features people with disabilities, like I'm hyper 
sensitive and critical to their portrayal. Um, and so like for that part, it was hard to watch it just because I'm like, okay, when are they going to like, you know, glorify or yeah, exploit his character or other him. Um, and even after I watched the movie, I looked up like how did the Down syndrome community um, appreciate this movie and um, that kind of helped me feel better about the whole thing that they, at least from what I read, they were very positive towards um, towards it, that he was more of like a fully realized main character. You know, it's so easy with people with Down syndrome to be seen as very cuddly and very sweet and not like individual people with their own personalities and interests and flaws and, and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I think they, for the most part, did a good job. There were parts in it where like, oh, I don't know. Um, Magical strength thing was the part that bothered me most. Uh, like they kept talking about how strong he was and mm -hmm. more, more than most adults. And then when they did this ritual, he was able to lift the log and then at the end, write the wrestling move. But, um, but that's kind of the trope for people with intellectual disabilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like my, my brother lives at home with my parents. He'll never be able, he's three years older than me and he's in his early forties now. Um, and so it's even a concern right now. Like my parents are in their seventies now, like what's gonna happen to my brother after my parents are gone and that's been a concern. So like seeing him in a nursing home um, in the movie is just like, I don't know, this movie kind of hit really close to home in some parts. Um, with Shia LaBeouf, you know, I grew up watching him on Even Stevens and I saw him like the second season of Project Greenlight where he, he was like a teenager at the time. Um, I saw that and he was like making the movie and he was yeah. like in a supermarket and they were like doing the same uh -huh. scene for like all like for hours and he like until he got it right and it was very mm -hmm. stressful yeah because it was like, like on hbo directors. i would say it was on hbo in like the year 2000 or something yeah. like that <laughs> yeah and so That's but funny. like in i remember in that him discussing how he had a very complicated relationship with his father and i think his father might have been like alcoholic or abusive I, i'm not sure it was something like that um and you see him like work on acting with his, um, with the actor playing his father in the movie. And you can tell like he just eats, breathes and lives acting and like just how much it means to him. Um, so I, I've always had kind of a soft spot in my heart for him and so like, all these allegations, but also things that have happened to him in his life, like his art, um, what's it called? His, where he just like sat in a chair and cried for every person that like came in. Performance art. Watched it. Sorry, yeah, performance art. And then like apparently he had been um, like sexually assaulted during that too. Like it doesn't excuse any of his behavior, but at the same time, like he's a very complicated, passionate person. Um, and I guess a large part of me feels sorry for him, even though like, you know, 
anything that he did do he needs to you know there needs to be justice there um so I don't know it's kind of hard watching him on the screen too just a very complicated person um but I thought he had very good chemistry with Zach um even just for the two seconds he was with John Bernthal that played his older brother like they had a lot of chemistry just in you know those few seconds yeah um, but um yeah I I didn't like the ending where it seemed like he died but no just kidding like he was just very wounded in the back seat it's like if you're going to choose an ending don't do like a what's it called a switch a switcheroo um you know I felt like they could have had him be in the hospital and her get the news and you know her coming out and saying you know he's um he's really badly wounded but he'll be okay but maybe you know you saw Zach like blow out the candles so maybe that was his wish that Shia was going to be okay um but at the first you know that's just now looking back and reinterpreting it at the time it was like blowing out the candles was symbolic of blowing out the life of um Shia's character Tyler right Tyler um so I don't know it, it was three and a half out of five I think for me there were parts that I liked some of it felt very sentimental and like trying too hard to make you feel the feels and I'm also very sensitive to that like I don't appreciate movies that try to make me feel too much <laughs> um it can feel a little bit try or contrived, but for the most part, like I, I think they handled it really well. So, yeah, yeah. Oh man, what's Anthony gonna pick for next month? All right, Rachel, you're. <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll see. Oh, I wanted, I wanted to say though, I don't know if anybody else has watched The Bear. Uh, it's really good. Is that about the restaurant? Yeah, it's it looks really, stressful. Really good. It looks it's, too stressful. It stressful. It's so good not, though. Not for me. But it's so good. Jo- but John. But if Bernthal, you have anxiety, it's still okay to watch because I have pretty severe. I have anxiety. It's about a bunch of people with anxiety. Um, uh, but John Bernthal also plays the brother who has passed away in that, and I just finished. So it's weird. It's like. Oh, apparently John Bernthal always plays the older brother who has passed away. <laughs> it's his he's cast as the typecast. That's right. All right, Rachel, we just watched this a couple days ago. What'd you think? I'm going to try my best with the bad internet service that I have. Um, turn, off, turn off your video so it would work I better. think that... Okay. I think everybody had really great insights and got <laughs> really, really deep into this movie. Uh-huh. And I feel very shallow at this moment. <laughs> okay. Um, so I loved it and hated it. I like 
like it was cute and it was uh exciting to see someone be able to have freedom when everyone else just thinks that they can't do anything um and that person that was giving them freedom was somebody who was tortured inside and often wanted to see somebody else get freedom because he knew he was never gonna get it I think that's why he was trying um because he could have just left him and never thought about him again he he didn't have to go and rescue him from that boy that was being super weird and mean and um I don't know I guess we're gonna get into it really deeply like I've got a a stepbrother that was always super good to me and absolutely loves animals and um, had, that's yeah, a terrible story. Um, he's in prison. He's been in and out of prison most of his life. He... <clears throat> He was good to me, always protected me, but he would pick fights with other people, was in gangs. But when he lived with me, he was so excited about this black lab that he was going to get. And he got this dog and he was going back and forth between our house and his mom's house. And his mom had has all kinds of problems in her life with her. She's just also a very complicated person. And she decided to punish him by uh, getting rid of his dog without him knowing one weekend while he was up here and she blamed him because it was his fault that he did whatever bad thing that she she thought was bad. And that just changed him, you know, like it would I think anybody, but it's anyway he's he's a complicated character and so I guess everything that people have said about Chaya and the character that he played is very real because I've always loved uh my stepbrother and like appreciated the contact that I've had with him but I remember one time he was trying to punch my mom while she was pregnant and she was not going to have that. She stood up for herself, but it was, it's just, he's not a good person, but he's also a good person. I don't know how to explain that. Um, and what do you do for people like that? I don't know. And then all of the complicated issues with having a Down syndrome person play a Down syndrome person. I think I had that in the back of my mind, but didn't like actually think about it. So I'm glad that that we've decided that that's okay in this movie. Um, I liked him a lot. I liked Zach a lot. And uh, sometimes Down syndrome people do, like I lived with a Down syndrome person for a few months and she wasn't always happy. She she'd get she'd snap at me, and you couldn't be around her sometimes, um, for fear that she might actually like 
physically do something, but anyway. Um, and I also worked at a state, the Utah state, it's not the state, maybe it's a private run mental facility. I don't remember what it was called, but it was in Provo, I think, um, during college. So I had to take care of people that were, their families never visited them or saw them again. Some, some kids that had, well, they weren't kids. I mean, they were my age, but they were like toddlers. Um, some of them had their own private bedroom and those were the ones that their parents would come and visit them. But others had to share a room with two or three or four other people and didn't see their family ever. Their family just abandoned them. And they, some of them, we had to shower them several times a day because they couldn't use the bathroom or, you know, things like that. So we had to feed them and that was so hard <laughs> that was such a hard job and maybe i'm a bad person because i couldn't continue doing that job i don't know but <laughs> most people face burnout with those kind of jobs and so it's often the type of job that even if it were like at a higher level where you're like a nurse or something it's usually the type of job that someone has for a few years before they like move on and and someone else comes and fills the hole yeah and the there was this one woman there and i could tell that she was just i think she was a single mom and she was working night shifts and stuff and um i can't even remember the situation but whatever she said like hit me so hard she was just like I'll do anything for these people because they're people like they're humans and they deserve love. And she literally would do anything. And I was one of those, like, like in Emma, when Emma goes to visit the family that's sick and she brings them food and stuff. And she brings along her protege that she's trying to like, um, I don't know, whatever, make her more elite or whatever. And this, what's her name? Harriet, right? Yeah, Harriet. And and Harriet like has no idea what to do, and she's all nervous, and she's bumbling around, and that's how I felt all the time. She'd been through a lot in her life, and she was able to just really, really care deeply about people. Um, so I'm not even talking about the movie. Um. It didn't bring up any of those emotions for me while I was watching it. Just this movie club like hit me hard. Right yeah, now. you guys are getting there too deep. I was thinking we'd talk about like <laughs> the production value looked good. The soundtrack was good. Acting was good. Three out of five and then move on. But we're getting deep into it and I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I got to get down there deep inside sometimes. I like uh -huh. to stay in the shallows, but... um. <laughs> Anyways, when I was watching the movie, I was just like, uh, is Shia going to do something that I just need to turn the movie off? Or, yeah, are they going to 
make this character Zach look bad in some way. But mostly I just could not stand that girl ending up liking Shia. Like I just hated that so much. And I am a realist, I guess, and I love it. This is weird. I'm not like into death, but I, I love it when like a main character actually dies instead of them like always having to save it and make the ending like perfect and wrap it up all pretty in a bow. So like, I don't know if anybody's read The Four Winds, but I loved the ending to The Four Winds because it was so realistic and it really makes a character, spoiler alert for The Four Winds, I won't say what happened in The Four Winds, but um, in this Someone movie, <laughs> I think that Shia should have died. Like that would have really, and maybe this is like a weird Jesus complex, but that would really would have redeemed his character. But then you don't have to die. Like he could go on and, and live a, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't like the ending at all. <laughs> so that's, that's all I have to say, I guess. <laughs> Cool. Before we move on. Okay. So first of all, Rachel, thank you for sharing such like a personal family story. And I'm deeply moved by your feelings towards your stepbrother because um, my son is adopted. And for him to be adopted, that means that things had to be bad enough that he couldn't be reunified with his birth family. So that means I had to be like really bad, but I don't have like, um, I don't have like judgmental feelings toward them. Like I genuinely want the best for them. Um, and so I, I think it's okay to, and even good to have those kind of feelings. Secondly, you, my kids are yelling in the background. I don't know if you can hear them, but um Rachel, do you regularly give some of the most thoughtful commentary like of everyone of the group? So I think we can like put a rest to like you thinking that somehow your comments are like lesser they're so uh, I, I just I just wanted to say Thank you. That's very kind. Maybe I'll stop self-deprecating. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. And then it's me and Jason. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to guess what's on Jason's list. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But one thing, there was some close-up puke going on, and that was disgusting. Remember the, that part in the boat? And his face was right. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Um, yeah, four out of five. I thought the acting was really good. Production value was great. The soundtrack was really fun. Um, a lot of Huck, Huckleberry Finn vibes, especially when they started to make a sailboat and go down the river and Huckleberry Finn always has like allusions to baptism and rebirth where they go into the water and they come up as a different character each time. Um, and this one had a literal baptism. So I thought that was uh obvious <laughs> it's still fine um 
Yeah. I think they should have made her more like a redneck meth addict to fall in love with uh, Tyler instead of like uh, put together old folks home, retirement home, college graduate, uh, widow. Maybe that would have made it better. Do you and, think meth addicts don't go to college, Chad? Oh, yeah. She was a meth addict. They should have made like sores on her face at least. <laughs> That's not on your list, Jason. Okay. Um, I, I liked it, but then I'm like, the logistics I didn't like. Um, sleeping without blankets. There wasn't a mosquito bite on them that's unrealistic sunburns like someone said before unrealistic i do like how they filmed it in the rain that one scene i'm like yeah it's gonna rain on them and they're gonna get wet i do relate to eating peanut butter because i could just eat peanut butter plain out of the jar for every meal too and i do can i enter so true (laughs) what well, I, I hated how he lotioned himself up and got out of the window and then it never occurred to him to like have his clothes ready or shoes ready like that. Yeah. Felt... His room, his roommate should have made like a little like bundle with a pole on there and had been like a little tramp. Or even like thrown out his clothes and shoes first and something. then gotten out and put clothes on. It also, just, that, that felt more like something cute for a movie, not like real. No, for sure. Oh, they just but. wanted to have a scene of uh, Zach running down the with just his briefs, his whitey tidies on, <laughs> which was pretty funny. But also, I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? It feels kind of bad to be laughing at this, but I mean, it's played for laughs. But I know it's it's mixed feelings on it. But he's just so lovable that I mean, you love him, so. I can't feel bad because I'm on his side, you know, I don't know. Also, when they're like pulling the bars apart, the middle bars bent, but the outer bars didn't bend. I'm like, that's not realistic. Both bars would bend both ways. Get out of here. Um, yeah, they should have, if it was going to be fanciful or fantastical, they should have like leaned more into that aspect rather than like, superhuman strength at the end or all of a sudden it's like oh yeah the wrestler guy's down the road let's go meet him and then that i don't know the bad guy wrestler was pretty fun where he's like doing the the flipping off the 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 ref with the with the fish fishing line or whatever thomas hayden church was good four out of five what did i say on letterbox I said, good, unnecessary love story. Don't think about the logistics. So four out of five. Jason, you're up. What's on your list? Okay. First off, uh, I had to watch this movie in like four parts because we we don't get enough sleep as it is. And we only get to watch when Hunter goes to bed. So that's how that worked out. Okay, uh, first, first item, saltwater redneck. Every time I see him, Thomas Hayden Church, whatever, uh-huh. 
I can only think of him as the the goofball mechanic in Wings. That is literally all I can think about when I see him. <laughs> like he was in, he was just in uh, uh, No Way Home, and all I could think was he was just the goofball from from uh, Wings. I love him in that. Uh, I can't think of him in anything else and take him seriously. But he was <laughs> he was really fun in this one, actually. Um, the first five minutes was a great setup for the movie. Like it just, it set the characters in motion. You saw, you saw where they would, you, you, you understood their characters really quickly. Um, and, and you could see the paths and you could see where they could intersect. Um, I just, it was a good setup. I like the setup. Uh, check out sideways. What is sideways, Paul? Oh, sideways is. Oh, go ahead, Paul. Oh, you're on mute. Yeah, I keep on click. Uh, it's a movie where I think if there's any possibility of seeing that character as somebody else, then it might do it for you. And I think he's one of the most lovable goofs in that movie, too. But it's a different kind of lovable goof. I'll have to check it out. Um, I it's just... about it's about wine tasting and the by solving. Okay, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> I just I just love him in Wings. Um, I liked how they it felt. Uh, okay, I do enjoy a good Shia LaBeouf movie. Uh, he's I feel like he's a great actor, and he gets into his characters. Uh, borderline method, I think. Um, I remember. I think it's like over the board, overboard method. Maybe. Uh, I remember uh, a bunch of actors during COVID. They all did like some scene in some movie. I forget what it was. Um, and he was like the only one actually getting into it and acting like his actor. I mean, his actor was like the screw up weed smoking guy or whatever. And so he was literally smoking and and being the screw up and and slurring his lines during like he just what movie get... was it it wasn't princess bride no, no. no it was a they did like a a 30 year anniversary of fast times at ridgemont, ridgemont high oh okay uh, ridgemont yeah, yeah. High. and so he was spicoli but like sean penn was kind of directing people and brad pitt was there and it's it's pretty impressive what he does but then it's also terrifying what he does yeah uh anyways there's the one scene that made that was like what the heck i'm like oh okay uh he he lights a cigarette underneath his shirt or whatever to block the wind i've i like that that was like a little touch i'm like oh that's that's interesting i don't know it's it's real it's it feel it felt real because Mm -hmm. of how dirty that that shirt was (laughs) And now it's got a cigarette hole in there. I'm sure there's tons of holes in that thing. <laughs> so gross. Um, I have a note. How did they not see him? Oh, okay. My note is, how did they not see him? The in whole, the, like, In the reeds, yeah, in yeah. In the reeds in the salt grass or whatever. Like, come on. That's... His boat was way higher, way taller than those... those when i saw that scene i thought about you jason and i'm like jason's gonna have an issue with this i i have many (laughs) issues with that that frustrated i thought the same thing jason so you're not 
I'm, I'm sure there was, I'm sure there's reeds that go higher than the grass or uh-huh. higher than the boat, but they didn't shoot it in those places. Yeah. <laughs> um, farther away. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and like they were like, like I could, you, they could throw a, a friggin' stone at them. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Frustrating. Um, I love that uh, Shia LaBeouf punched the kid. Uh, for for saying that word to to uh, to Zach, I, I loved that. Uh, that was my favorite part that I forgot about when it was my turn, and I would watch an entire movie of like over exaggerated stereotypical seventh grade bullies just getting punched by adult men. <laughs> I would watch that movie by adult men. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like ha- the first. 30 minutes in the movie you're seeing uh, a, a half naked grown man waddle around in his underwear. I yeah. thought that was weird, funny, like you guys said, but also like a little weird, especially with the down syndrome aspect. Yeah. A little exploitative. Yeah. Can I break in for a second? There's a point at which um, Eleanor refers to him as a young boy. How old do we think he is? So. Uh, I think he says Shy and him are talking. I think he said like 22 or 23 in yeah. the movie. Yeah, I was like, this 20s. is a fully grown adult person. What is she talking about? Yeah. yeah. She infantilized okay. him. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, my older brother went through puberty like in his early 20s. Like puberty is delayed with certain syndromes like that, but still like even acknowledging that like early 20s you still don't call him a young boy like I, that really bothered me how like throughout the movie they called him a boy when it's like at least call him a guy you're not gonna call him a man at least don't call him a boy the actor was born in 1985 so he's just barely younger than us yeah uh, i could see like people uh, treating him like his intellect i guess intellectual age uh so maybe that's where that comes from but uh i'm gonna oh no what's jason gonna jumping say? around um <laughs> but but while we're on that subject the she's on the boat with them right yeah gross get her out of there and, and i'll get to that she's on the boat and uh she's she's treating him like a child right um which goes back to what we were saying um, and I loved how Shia was like, hey, you know, go hold your breath or whatever while I chew chew her out for treating him like the kid that I just punched, but in a different way, right? Like she treated him, she not not as like mean or whatever, but she treated him like a child. Uh, and and I loved that he he was like, there's there's a lot of ways you can treat people poorly and treat people like that word and not actually say that word. Right. And I, I really liked that scene. That was, that was, that was then the irony being like, Hey, go put your head in water. So I can <laughs> <laughs> like, because you're not smart enough to understand this thing that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Anthony, what is benevolent prejudice? Is that what that is? Define. What she's doing makes sense um okay uh rewinding the fact that she got on the boat 
so so easily frustrated me she I, I know like it's a movie and they skip parts but she didn't go look for her keys we didn't see her fiddle with her phone before she jumped on the boat like that frustrated me we got jason back everybody <laughs> jason's going through his list and he's like putting his fingers up to the screen and i'm here for it this is like <laughs> This is good stuff. We got there's you. a lot of pent up opinions here, and I'm that's sure. right. <laughs> I gotta make up for all the movies I've missed. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, this movie came out in 2019. Who has yep. a freaking flip phone in 2019? Ooh. I don't understand that. John Stockton, my father-in-law. When was oh, it set? What what youngish person? Yeah, but what year was it set though? I mean, they had a VCR too. Yeah, but they they. That was intentionally old. I don't know. When was it set? I don't know the answer. There is there any like exterior indication of the year? There's no new cars, right? But they're poor or whatever. So that I mean, the car at the very end was like this plush Cadillac type with velvet seats. What was that all about? Whose car was that? Her car? Get out of here. No. That was my car. I had a cat. I had a, a town car. I don't know. I don't know what year it was, but I'm going to say it, I'm going to assume it was set in the year it was made and flip on what the heck. Yeah, get out of here. Um, oh, when they said <laughs> this is a nice touch when they set the boat on fire. Right, even the mast all the way up to the top was on fire. <laughs> was like, they they really wanted that thing to burn down. Like what they poured boat gas did they set on the fire. I remember when they, they 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 fell asleep in some shed or whatever, and they woke up and the, the gun scene. Right. Yep. Yep. Got it. Um, but the whole mast was on fire, <laughs> and they really wanted that to look like it was on fire. Um, okay, a few things. Um, the giant guy. Uh, that was evidently I looked Jake the Snake, the wrestler. Wow! Uh, so little little fun with the. Uh, he was huge in the back of that convertible. Yes, that's that's my giant guy in the back of the car. Why didn't they put him in the front seat? Why did the smallest person have to sit shotgun? That was because it's fun. his. It's his like day, and that's it right. and it sets the mood for Jake the snake to get all pissed and and for the the make a wish thing which i thought was a really funny line um okay then they do the fight the the wrestling match or whatever yeah and, or did they it was a dream okay if you insist chad or let's go let's let's humor you and say sure and let's go to the alternate reality which is which is uh, what really happened in the movie. Okay. Um, I thought, I thought the way that this was going to play out. I don't know. My when I was Karen never she wasn't able to finish the movie, so I told I gave her the play by play, and she's like, "Oh, it didn't do this." So we both thought this. He's got the guy uh-huh. over his head. Yep. Tire iron guy is coming yep. up, approaching. I thought he was gonna body slam the guy with the other guy but no <laughs> like 
They, I, I, I thought that was exactly the direction that's going to happen. Did anybody else think that that was going to play out that way? Yeah, it was, it was leaning that way for sure. Yeah. Um. Oh, then it's a. Is he dead? Boom! Misdirection. Nope, he's alive. Um, I I was angry at the relationship that they had. Uh, Like, uh, how long were they together? Two, three days? I I I don't know. This many days? It wasn't that long, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But suddenly they're like, they're a thing. They're a family. That frustrated me. Uh, Frustrated me. I felt like the third act, I don't know if that's the right category. The third act felt rushed. It felt like, it was like, all right, we need a, we need the ending. Let's jump to the ending. Let's, let's skip a few lines. Mm-hmm. The ending of Nacho Libre equals pretty much, where'd it go? The ending of this movie. I don't remember. I haven't watched Nacho Libre in a long time. Paul, explain. I don't think I've ever finished Nacho Libre. Paul, explain, please. I've seen the first of it like three times and I've never seen the end. (laughs) Just watch the last five minutes. Like there's a person who like idolizes wrestling and then can actually kind of fly when a song by Beck starts playing in the background. So (laughs) check it out. (laughs) I rewatched that scene like 10 times in a row. It was- Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Magical, right? But like, but like it fits- how the rest of the movie feels you know like you've also got somebody who you think is dead and they're just sleeping and they have like coins put over their eyes so it's got like it feels like a more consistent uh like tone i guess yeah i just i didn't love the 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 back 30 minutes of the movie it just felt rushed after well, I mean, I guess it wasn't even 30 minutes. It was like 10 minutes. It was just, it just felt rushed. And the, the relationship, the weird ending, the, the misdirection, uh, I, I didn't love it. Okay, um, now I have just random things that have popped into my head while we've been having conversations or, uh, or, or like late last night. Um, uh one of my favorite things, my, my favorite internet things is uh, Shia LaBeouf, you know, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Have we, ha- everyone has seen that, right? Everyone's aware of that. Anthony, please tell me you are. No way. This is so good. Chad, tell me, what, t- what is it? Sorry. What's it's actual- a, a music video, we'll, we'll call it. No. I don't know. Maybe it is so glorious. I feel like we need to watch that right now and right here. It's so good. Did you watch Brigsby Bear? No, I didn't. Oh, do you think you'd like? Do you think Jason would like Brigsby Bear? What's the actor on that one? Kyle Mooney. You like Kyle Mooney stuff? I kind of picked that one thinking that it would be a crowd pleaser for people like Jason and William, who I think often don't come around to the movies that i choose i think jason and will would like it uh oh i don't we always say like character names of actors i'm like who the heck is that guy oh the guy from saturday night live that i've seen a few clips online for i don't i've never seen it nope okay um but actual cannibals shia labeouf maybe it deserves a little segment. I don't know. It's it's glorious. 
it's one of my favorite it's it's maybe my favorite internet thing out there um <laughs> uh we need more segments on this podcast yes uh the the rat boy which <laughs> that was the character's name um which is glorious face tattoos and all uh evidently is like some singer rapper guy i don't know i've never heard it but i had to look up who played rat boy and it's it's some singer actor guy uh, or singer rapper guy yellow wolf yep yellow wolf uh, whoever that is <laughs> i've never heard his music but face tattoos with the name rap boy that was great uh i mentioned jake the snake um we've already talked about down syndrome and the the weirdness of like how do you enable them without uh capitalizing on them not capitalizing but like i don't know it's just a weird exploiting thank you um there's there's a stereotype too right like that um i've i've often heard this they say you know people with down syndrome they're all the sweetest or people with down syndrome like they never say anything mean i remember um in the first the first apartment we ever lived in like there was so it was like a community essentially for like retired people like those were the only ones who could live there but then they couldn't fill it up so then they would let people who were newlyweds live there so there are 10 people who had just gotten married and then a lot of people who are really old but then there was a guy who had his adult son who he needed to take care of because his son had down syndrome and and this is like on the regular multiple times a week like i would come home from work i just taught sixth grade i'd wave at this guy who was probably 25 and he flipped me off all the time he mooned me one time he like <laughs> swore like all the time like like i remember vividly like one day when i was like hey man how's it going he's like go to hell and i was like geez <laughs> like like this like i i want to share this moment with somebody just to be like see we, we broke the stereotype like the trope is gone but like but then the moment was just like only shared between us. And then he just flipped me off. And then I went inside my poor one bedroom apartment because I just gotten married. So sorry, keep talking. I like it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's good. I it just like you in, I don't know if there's a good way to enable and let them shine without it having the stink of, of exploiting them, you know, like that's, that's a, it's a tight walk or tightrope to, to walk. And I don't know if there's anything, if there is an answer to that, you know? Um, and then, and then there's like the, the Shia LaBeouf uh, personal stuff and controversies and stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel like separating the art from the artist and all that. Um, it's tough when it's easy when it's just them right like but if we were if if this movie was boycotted then like a lot of people suffer because of that i don't know i don't know there's like there's a band that i like that is that the lead the lead singer or whatever is is not a great guy and and but then like the rest of the band i don't know if they're not great guys you know they're movies 
Uh, the band is brand new. I love brand new. I oh, you do. love brand new. I still love brand new. I, I was going to play a game and everyone was going to go around and guess the band. Oh, but... man. Um, I, guess I don't know Jason's music taste, but I know Brendan Urie's not a good guy, so I was going to guess Panic at the Disc. Oh, is he not a good guy either? Oh, man. Uh, anyways, I love brand new, <laughs> but uh, and and I, their their music has evolved, and I don't know. I love I love their music, but but the guy, the front 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 man, is not a good guy, and I have conflicting feelings about liking their music and hating the person that he is uh, in in one aspect but one very important aspect of of his life and other people's lives and but there's a whole band that also contributed and i don't know it's just a weird thing and and we do we do paint celebrities that cross the line in kind of one dimensionally like oh he did this bad thing and therefore he's a terrible person for always and and you know and that's tough because um, they have multiple, like 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 uh, Rachel was talking about. There's more dimensions than than the one aspect. But then, at, you know, at some point, like they're just a terrible person, and they shouldn't have a voice. Sometimes <laughs> I don't know. So there's a weird line. I don't know where that line is. I still listen to Brand New because it's good music. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that because Louis C.K. I just yeah. saw a trailer for a movie that he directed and it it looks like it's going to have a ton of good acting and it looks like it is going to have a ton of soul and it's going to be really interesting to see how people respond myself included how we respond to it i guess and and you know there's i feel like there's a spectrum of how people react to um to being outed if you if for the lack of a better term there's 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 deniers and then there's uh, and then there's the fake apologies. It feels like maybe real apologies. I feel like Shy at least Shy at least tried. He didn't like deny outright deny everything for better or for worse. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird, complicated world we live in. Yeah, I still don't listen to Michael Jackson when it's on the radio. And I don't think Michael Jackson sh- songs should be on the radio. Hot take. Hot take. Get it out of there. All right. Anything else, Mayor? It's 830. No, it's 930, actually. Uh, no, actually, we should. Actually, 1130. <laughs> we have every time zone represented. This is great. <laughs> uh, no, we should just listen or watch. Uh, uh, Fine. Will, Share your screen. Okay. Share your screen, and then we'll get this, on to the announcement for next month. Glorious! I'm so excited for this. <laughs> okay, hold on. Jason's yeah. back, so we've got to like uh, do me. everything humor Jason, so he'll be back next month too. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> that feels right. Okay, volume's up. You're walking in the woods. There's no one around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. Shia LaBeouf. 
He's following you, about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife, it's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. Now it's dark, and you seem to have lost him, but you're hopelessly lost yourself, stranded with a murderer. You creep silently through the underbrush. Aha! In the distance, a small cottage with a light on. Hope! You move stealthily toward it, but your leg! Ah! It's caught in a bear trap! Lying off your leg! Quiet, quiet. Let me to the cottage! Quiet, quiet. Now you're on the doorstep, sitting inside, shy above. You limp into the dark woods, blood oozing from your stump leg. You've beaten Shia LaBeouf. His head topples to the floor, expressionless. You fall to your knees and catch your breath. You're finally safe from Shia LaBeouf. seen the hands clapping part of that a million times i'd never seen what preceded the hand <laughs> i love it so much i always wonder how do you think the parents of the west la children's choir felt about their children's <laughs> participation in that quiet quiet <laughs> i love the hand clapping though it's the best part is that a Citizen Kane reference when he clapped like that right it feels like it is yeah it's yeah. gotta be conscious right he does that for like his wife that uh, was a crappy opera singer <laughs> I don't know. oh man well that was a great segment jason <laughs> my brother my older brother he loves to like bring up his phone it's like hey look at this video and then you're like showing the he's showing like a 
like a uh what's that byu improv group studio studio c St- studio c and he's like seen it a million times and he's like showing it and it's like your first time watching it and he's like watching you watch it and it's never as funny <laughs> and that's the funniest part <laughs> <laughs> was it not as funny for you <laughs> no, it's fine I but i love that. how that's it's true. the same type of thing we're like here watch this video that i love and everyone's just like watching it I can't I believe like you it. compared that to Studio C. I'm a little disappointed <laughs> in that comparison, but whatever. That's, that's right. It was good. Good segment, Jason. Anything yep. else on the movie? No, that's that's my list. Welcome back, Jason. Thank you. Anthony, we got next month is already August of 2022. Can you guys believe it? What is the movie going to be? Oh. I have four options uh-huh. because one, do we just rent movies now? Is that just like what we do? I don't rent anything. I go to the library I, and get the DVD. I, this was on I Peacock for free. I've already used my free <laughs> like membership to Peacock. Uh-huh. Peacock. Um, now we've done, I'm not blaming you, Jason, because this isn't like the first month. I'm just asking. No, is choose anything from any year. I think we've accepted that we're adults and that we can afford to spend a couple dollars to watch a movie. I used to spend like saving up for a cabin. I don't know. I I used to spend like three (laughs) dollars for a blockbuster new release that was only like for one night or two nights in 1998. (laughs) Secondly, we've watched. R-rated movies recently. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting. Which, which one was the R-rated one? I don't know. I don't think we have. Well, we did. Oh, only Peanut Jason Butter did. Falcon thought, was PG thirteen. I thought only Jason had watched the, the rated R version of something. That's, that's right. right. Only, only Jason. <laughs> parody, so. I, thought he, I thought he was the one pushing the envelope. <laughs> Rigsby Bear, Death Becomes Her, Breaking Away, A Quiet Man, Hail Caesar, Vast of Night, Jane Eyre, M, Lady Hawk, Room with a View. I mean, Room with a View had like uh, Biebs full frontal male nudity. That was gross. It's actually pretty funny. And gross. What is it, Anthony? Just pick it. I what do you really, got? really, I really want us to watch everything, everywhere, all at once together. Oh, let's do it! There are eleven F words, Jason. Is it available? Oh, it's I don't. Think, I don't think it's the F words. It's the other. Is it the F words, Jason? What do you mean? Is the F words a turn off? The rating. No, uh, I'm. Uh, it's mostly the rating, but mostly for like nudity stuff, but. I mean, this one had a bunch of F words, right? Like one, one. I don't know. It had two, which I thought was surprising because I don't think I've ever seen PG thirteen with two F words. Before. That's like the official limit. But Jason, you don't have to succumb to our peer pressure. Like we got mad love for you, and like you can is... hold the line if you want. To. You guys can do whatever you want. I just might exactly. not watch it. Well, exactly. But I, I, I need to say out loud that like. I don't want you to feel pressured at all because <laughs> we'd rather have you here with the list than not have you here. <laughs> yes. No list. 
Yes. So I've I've seen everything everywhere all at once. I would say the overall feeling is very like positive. It's not like a dark R-rated movie. There are some sexually suggestive things, and I think they could maybe squeeze them into a PG-13 movie if they were really careful with everything else they got into it. There's no nudity. I don't think. Yeah, there's I don't I don't, I don't think there's any nudity. Um so for being an R-rated movie, I would be pretty comfortable recommending it to someone who doesn't usually watch R-rated movies, but still don't feel like you need to succumb to our peer pressure. I think there are, I think there are companies that I know they're they keep having lawsuits, but so different companies do it, but I, I know there are some that like take out chunks of things. Truth. That's what, um, that's I have alternates. It's up to you, Anthony. And that's a new release too, right? Yeah. You're paying, I'm paying full price for that one. <laughs> I could probably it. get you guys a downloaded copy. <laughs> comfortable doing that. I'd rather watch it on a high, I don't know. I'll just get it. We're fine. Whatever you want to do. We can, we're resourceful. What were the other options? There was also another R-rated movie. Um, and then there was an animated movie and there was like a 1940s Japanese movie. <laughs> what are all these movies called? Yeah, John wants to watch them. Uh, so the other R-rated movie, I mean, it's famous one, is Talented Mr. Ripley. Um, With Matt Damon. The animated movie is free on YouTube. I'm guessing you've all seen it. Because I watched it 500 times as a child. The Secret of Nim. Oh, so good. <laughs> I, I'd read that book with my kids. And it's probably been like three or four years now. But it was really good. So I'd recommend that experience to go <laughs> along with the movie. And then there's a, there's a Japanese movie that I've been meaning to watch that was recommended to me by one of the Japanese like great directors. Also free on YouTube. Um, uh, late spring. Well, I vote we. I vote uh, we choose a movie that everybody, like, just across the board, feels comfortable watching. And then we also have. I mean, we had a forty-five minute conversation about like which uh, Chris we thought was the hottest. So I think we could also probably have say, a mini convo about I, I think I think we could also say like, you know what, I went all in and I also watched this other movie because I got mad love for you as well, Anthony. And we could probably do a, a 30 minute it's, segment on it's the movie club double feature. It's exactly. a new segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double right. feature if you so choose. Main feature is the secret of Nim, a second like after midnight feature, I guess. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. All right, sounds good. Parental. And then guidance. I expect Jason to bring a favorite funny video to share at the end of his. That's right. Sweet. Yes. And then uh, we're just uh, gonna make you watch all the Quince Reptile videos after this. <laughs> I think that the first day of school for my kids is the eighth. Isn't that crazy? They've only got one week in August, and then school starts. So, what do you think? Sixteenth. Keep it right in the middle. Anybody out of town or doing anything? We'll just schedule that. We're gonna, Tuesdays at 6.30 seem to work. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Anybody have any plugs, suggestions? 
books or movies yeah. that they've been watching? Yes. I'll go through my letterbox real quick. On June 23rd, I watched Emma 2022. Loved it, laughed, cried. The music was so great. Dancing. Only complaint is that everyone is so weird looking and a lot of close-ups on faces. There's a lot I of weird pick that by the way for my movie last time, but I didn't want to make you guys pay for it. I loved it. Next time yep. I will. I also watched the 1988 Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Five stars. Holds up a little too long, but really funny and great. I also watched The Descendants with George Clooney. Loved it. Hawaii is pretty. So sad. Love Judy Greer. <laughs> Hawaii is pretty. <laughs> Sorry, Letterbox is fun because awesome. this is like no, it's awesome. two, yeah. two sentence reviews. No, I love it. I love it. And I just watched The Descendants and then you mentioned Sideways. So I think I'm going to watch Sideways. Yeah. And if I watch Sideways, I'm going to have to watch Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We get to see Kimmy. Callback. First time yeah, was that's right. Yeah. All right. I have Paul, a, you got a recommendation or yeah, it's a not a, it's not a movie, but um, I've listened to it a few times over the last week and I, I know it's not new, but it, it's really interesting to me. I was listening to um, pressure machine by the killers, that album where the, um, the, the lead singer like kind of harkens back to like, Hey, I grew up in Nephi, Utah. And then, they're like little micro interviews with actual people from that geographic region. And then he kind of takes on various personas of, Hey, I heard this story or, Hey, I saw this thing as a kid. And I I think it's a really kind of a beautiful concept album, but I think it's also, um, I think like this particular audience might, might have interesting transactions with it because of the Utah-ness that brings us together in some ways. Oh yeah. And me and Jason, no Nephi. We've been down there many times. Why? <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting stronger. <laughs> <laughs> that just warped me right back to my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Out of Lehigh's cup. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, anybody else have any books or movies that they recommend? That's I'm really it. late to the game, but I just finally watched Get Back, and it was the best thing ever. Oh, so, isn't it so good? Yeah, it was wonderful. Oh, it's just so good. You are, you're you like a year late to the game on that one. Yeah, because, well, I knew I was really going to like it, so I wanted to wait until I could like really just sit down and watch it. So that's what I did while Harry and the kids were still in Florida. I spent mm-hmm. like the entire weekend watching it because it takes an entire weekend to watch and it was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fun. Books that I've in, I've enjoyed a lot of books, but the book that I've enjoyed the most recently is called Woman Running in the Mountains. Uh, it's by Yuko Tsushima. It's, she's a Japanese author. Um, the New York Review Books is one of my favorite publishers and uh, it's a book written in the like 1980s, but it's a recent translation of it. And it's about a young woman who has, I mean, it's 
it's not that interesting to share the plot. It's just a young woman who has a baby really young and then sort of um, what follows from there, but it's incredibly well-written and really uh, good book. Cool. And last plug, me and Sean listened to Weezer season summer and then discussed it with Andrew and Jana, Sean's siblings on Sunday night. And that was a mostly negative review. So they can't all be good albums. There's got to be some stinkers in there for the good yeah. ones to really stand out. Yeah. Everything after Pinkerton. You're yeah, right. They're, they're mostly stinkers. They're mostly stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess the only redeemable point of listening to it is so we can say that it's not good together on a podcast. <laughs> It brings us together. All right. That's oh, it, guys. Nope. I have one question before. <laughs> Sorry. This is my, this is what I do. False I questions. Asked, I asked Carrie and Jess, Jessica wasn't here last time. We talked about how the sixth floor wasn't cool in our, in our DT-ness and fifth floor was, was there a floor divide that was also like, did you guys feel like there was a floor that was cooler? I think there was. Carrie, were, were we on the sixth floor too? Oh my gosh, I don't remember. It was, we were on the fifth floor and it was the fourth floor that was the other floor for the girls. But the fourth floor was definitely the cool floor, right? Wasn't like the top floor in the girls' dorms empty? Yes. Yeah. We used to go up there and hang out. (laughs) Not who was cool, but like- No, 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 not, not who was cool, but like Chad was like, I will only do- escape from Q hall with the fifth floor people. Cause the sixth floor sucks. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's been 20 years, but that's exactly right. Like the sixth floor sucks, right? Like, was that like, animosity or something? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I was friends with any fourth. Floor. Like I think Maureen was on the fourth floor, but that's the only one that uh, I remember. Was she? Was I she? thought she lived at the very end of our, she lived at the very end of one of those floors. She could make her tooth come out. Apparently, we had no traffic with the fourth floor. So we- <laughs> I think the girls didn't like associate with the floor. They were all like in the one or two rooms and then stuck with those two, one or two rooms. Basically, it was like our corner and then maybe one or two rooms across the hallway. One at the end. I don't know. So they're like the other wing of the floor. Where it wasn't the cool wing. Shunned. Yeah. Shunned. <laughs> I don't you guys. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> people in this group all lived the farthest away. Like the the other people here were fairly central, even if even if Chad was across the hall. So are you trying to say that Paul was the least cool? <laughs> I I think that goes without saying, actually. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> It's, it's, I, all coming back. Always, it's obviously not true with a vengeance obviously yes, not true <laughs> i i was always kind of amazed that my friends were my friends that year i was like these i would these people would not have been friends with me in high school they're all way cooler <laughs> that's what i loved about it though like i think that's what i've loved about all of my friends since forever when and i think we've already talked about this where you say like oh i never would have been friends with them except and then whatever situation like forced you to get to actually know them. And you're like, oh, you're so cool because I've spent enough time with you to realize how cool you are. And even the suckiest of the sucky people, 
you start to see something beautiful in them if you spend the time. Even in Anthony, there was something beautiful. No, no, no. That you you are messing with my words. That's not what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool guys. I move that we adjourn this session of the movie club. We're gonna text about hanging out though. Oh yeah, I'll text you. And Jason, I might just stop by your house on the way up. So do you want to just uh, stay the night? Mm. Nope, you can't. Sorry. Are you offering (laughs) me and four kids? No way. (laughs) Sleepover? Nope. You're not offering? It was like a, here's a a treat in front of me. That was really harsh. That was harsh. It was a bait and switch. Because I would have taken you up on it. All right. See you guys. Oh, send me the recording, Jason. Yeah. Bye. Bye.